We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your true faith, Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle won, Chelsea nil, Newcastle are third. I'm Alex Charlotte Sai and Kyle Sit with me in our Newcastle office and we are absolutely fucking buzzing. Third in the league, we're going to be third in the league at Christmas. The Premier League has broken after a couple of games today for a winter break that no one wanted, but it's here and Newcastle are the third best team in the country and one of the form teams in domestic European football in terms of the top leagues. I can't believe I'm saying these things. We sit here in this podcast and say the exact same thing every single week, and I still can't believe it. That's how transformative this season has been in the last 12 months have been for Newcastle United. Charlie, you were at the match. The place was absolutely bouncing, wasn't it? It was just unbelievable. It felt it had a very similar feeling to that Arsenal home game at the end of last season where we just were totally up for it. At that point, we were safe, but we knew we were going to put our all into it. We could really crush Arsenal's dreams as well, so everybody was up for that. There was, um, was obviously remembrance moment, so war flags had done a big poppy display. I was underneath that, so couldn't see it, but understand from pictures it looked great. And then, uh, and then you know, sometimes that sort of moment silence can uh, dampen the mood. It definitely, definitely did not last night. Like, I guess it's a five thirty kickoff as well, and everybody's been out all day or all afternoon, and they were just the crowd was just so so up for it yesterday, and uh, and so was the team. It was just loud and amazing and fun. Straight to me. You're looking Straight at me, Alex. Um, yeah, um, echo all of that. It was a, a fantastic, fantastic occasion. Um, a 5.30 kickoff at home to a, a rival in Chelsea. You know, it's nice to be able to say that, but it was. It was, you know, the crowd had that feel. It was like, these are, we're up against these because we're playing against these for a Champions League spot. Um, everyone was mortal. The, 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 the stadium was just absolutely bouncing, singing nonstop, screaming. You can hear my voice. I've, I've not sounded like this the morning <laughs> after a football match for a long time because it was just the next level of of singing, screaming, berating that referee, which I'm sure we'll come on to, but it just, it adds to the, um, it adds to the kind of uh, uh, electricity in the air if there's a if there's a ref to get angry at as well, I think. So just the whole thing was unbelievable. And then, yeah, just the, the party atmosphere around the stadium after yeah. the match as well was just incredible. Before, after, during, like, it just, the whole day was incredible. Every pub was bouncing from about midday to midnight. Just what, what a night for the city, and I'm so, so gutted that it's over for, for a month and a half. Yeah, I, I connect with that as well. To be fair, I'm, I'm gutted. It's gutted. We've got a World Cup now because usually the Christmas period's so busy with football and stuff with a club football that is. But 
to try and sum it up, it was it's just like we're third in the league. <laughs> we're third. Like this time last year, I think we're in the bottom three, and it's like we'd only won one game all season. In fact, I don't even think we'd won at this no, point. No, we hadn't. Mid December, a year on, and we're third in the league, and people are talking about we're for Champions League, and it's just like I can't, like I can't comp- comprehend how amazing it is to be able to be a part of it in the stands seeing the players fight for it on on the pitch even the cells on the side of the side of the pitch just shouting it shouting at Coachella to stop them taking a throw and okay. just little details like that really show off the the unity of this football team at the minute and mm. it just seems like like I know if you look player for player with with our supposed rivals yesterday Chelsea first team for first team they probably have a more expensive squad and probably like uh, in terms of individual better squad but you wouldn't be you wouldn't have been able to say say that yesterday it was just Chelsea came out to to get a point and that seems to be a common theme at St James's Park people are really petrified to come here and it's a really good feel and I don't think a team's had this kind of feel since Leicester won the league and it's like that's a hard juggernaut to stop and I just feel like this this international breaks came at the worst time because yeah. I don't want it to end. Absolutely incredible scenes that Chelsea came and performed the way they did. Two hundred billion pounds plus spent in the summer. You know the talent on that bench alone, and they came to Newcastle United. And I, I think respect is is not strong enough for it. That it was deferential. Like they came to Newcastle absolutely desperate for a nil nil draw. Nil nil. Let's make it the worst game of football <laughs> we've seen since Wednesday against Palace, who also did the same. Mm. Um, it was just a sensational. And it, like, you know, the, the points speak for themselves. You know, Newcastle 30 points from 15 games, goal difference of 18. Unheard of for Newcastle United. Again, some more raw statistics for you all. Newcastle are currently, before teams play today, um, it's just Manchester United play today, but currently seven points clear of Manchester United with a plus 19 goal difference. That's better than Man United's. That's absolutely mental. We are so that's seven points ahead of fifth place. In terms of, um, in terms of being ahead of Chelsea, nine points clear of Chelsea. Chelsea also have a zero goal difference or a plus eighteen better than Chelsea. These are these are absurd numbers for this football club, and we're going to get into it later on about the game and, and the players and the manager and all this kind of thing. But Newcastle dominated Chelsea, particularly at 0-0 yesterday. There was only one team going to score. It was like playing a Bournemouth or a Crystal Palace or someone like that. In the end, the possession stats were were quite even, but Newcastle dominated possession for large parts, particularly at 0-0. Newcastle twice the number of shots as Chelsea. More corners, more shots on target. Um, More fouls as well, but that's because the referee was just (laughs) on one. Um, Kieran Trippier once again absolutely hitting the heights. Maybe we'll talk about him later, but just, yeah. Echoing what you guys have said there, what a day, what an atmosphere. So I'm so pleased you brought up the the point about post match. You know the the city. Me and Charlotte go and record in our office. We did a small YouTube video, so check that out if you like what we do. Um, and uh, you come out of of where we are near Central Station, and Charlotte, you still couldn't get on the metro. Like yeah, more than an hour after the game had finished. You well, there were stuck. videos. Yeah, there were videos on social media of um like. Outside St. James's Metro, there was like a little mini rave started up. Somebody had speakers and like people just weren't going home. They didn't want to leave the vicinity of St. James's Park. They were just underneath it at the Metro station having a party. Like, we haven't won the league. <laughs> we just beat, we didn't just beat Chelsea. We've, we smashed Chelsea, right? 
and we're third but like I love how much people are enjoying this and letting themselves enjoy it. It's it's it doesn't feel like it's going to be ripped out from under you. It's starting to feel like this is a firm foundation and people are having fun. It's great. It is great and it's such a shame that we've been stopped in our tracks but also you know let's see how that actually impacts the season. Newcastle have got less players at the World Cup than everyone else. Back to yesterday, though, back to the atmosphere. I just thought, you know, we recorded the Match Day podcast for patrons. We're on Patreon, which is from £3 a month um, to hear lots more of these podcasts. Once to get these podcasts ad-free, I record the Match Day podcast where um, we pick up the, 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 the noise of the crowd as the game goes on. And I was sat there editing it late last night and just, you know, again, goosebumps of the noise. The E-I-E-I-E-O, it's, it's like it's become a bit of an anthem now. For, for us um, and it's also factually accurate because we are going to get into Europe and Eddie is our king we'll leave it there then for part one of the show um, again aforementioned patron if you don't want to send this pod with ads come and get involved there are three tiers three five and eight pounds a month and I uh, would love to have you on board come and join the 800 plus who help keep this podcast going back after this We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Kyle, Joe Willock yesterday, what a goal. You wanted to talk about him. I'll let you take it away, mate. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he was saying he needed to add more goals to his game. And you, you you just look at it from top to bottom, and he's really he's really worked hard on that. And you can see from the goal yesterday, one absolute rocket, by the way. Um, but it, it, his overall performance as well, breaking through the channels, having too much energy for the opposition midfield. Like I know N'Golo Conte didn't play for Chelsea yesterday, but you'd think we had him in the form of Joe Willock. He was absolutely outstanding. Um, and it's good to see Joe Willock back at his best. And I know it's like a, it's a different position as well because you said before the podcast started, Alex, that he was put on the put on the left hand side in the second half, and what a difference it made. That might be a position for Joe Willock in the future, playing on playing on the playing on the flank. 
because you you look at you look at his his pace, his athletic athleticism, his ability to interchange with Joe Linton in the midfield as well. It it's just a staggering performance. I think I think when he went off, he he practically hobbled off with how much he gave in the game. Like he gave absolutely everything, and like it's good to see him back at his best because like obviously he's had a couple of performances where he's played well off the ball, but not really done much on the ball. And it's like it's good to see the. It's good to see Joe Willock back back on social media. Come on, you Maggies and mm-hmm. and all that. It's 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 because when Joe Willock plays well, Newcastle tend to play well too. So yeah, I, I, I'm buzzing for it, and I'm I'm buzzing for him as well. And probably his forms came a little bit too late again to the England squad. But if he keeps playing like that, you'll definitely get into the Euros in a couple of years' time for sure. Get him on the plane, Gareth. I'd change it. <laughs> change the squad. Madison, Madison got injured. Yesterday. Madison got injured. Yeah. Get Willock on. The the thing about the the break, even though we don't really want it, is is to Kyle's point there is that you know some of our players are hobbling off. It probably is a good with the, we play with such intensity. Most of them aren't going to the World Cup. We're, we're, you know this is a really good time for them to rest and and get back to full strength. To be fair, I think How and Tyndall have, have said like How are lads, this is our last game. You mm. put it all in here, and that that definitely happened right to the final whistle, like you say. Even to the point of having a bit of a scrap with the Chelsea players after the whistle's gone, like they just put absolutely everything into it, knowing that they've they've got six weeks off. So it was a proper what you shouldn't leave anything left on the pitch, and and the, I think we got that from every single one of those players, no more so than Joe Willock, of course. And in you know, I want to talk about again the goal. It's just the perfect kind of goal for for me. It's you know it was top corner. The keeper dives, but he could have just sat down. Like he was never getting there. I mean, he was a good goalkeeper, Mendy as well. Like you, he's never getting there. It's so fast. The 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 cameraman almost like struggles to keep up with the ball. <laughs> such is the veracity of the shot and the fact that it kind of comes from nowhere. Charlotte, we were talking before, weren't you? Like yeah. I, I I love that Joe Linton. He's just hooked the ball. He's like. Miggy will be there. He'll be all right. I don't need to really direct it. It's as long as it goes over the top. Miggy will get there, which he does. Um, he comes inside. He could have gone down, and Miggy likes to go down. Let's mm. not let's not be about the bush. Miggy likes to go down sometimes. Sometimes when he shouldn't, um, and he doesn't. He, he he keeps going, and you know it's the stuff dreams are made of. And this is where it works with our old a house inverted players because Willock's playing on the left, so he cuts in, and it's on a stronger mm. foot to kind of guide it, but also smash it. It's like a placed shot that's also smashed with unbelievable speed. <laughs> and and it, well, it was a great moment at St. James's Park. It was it was just, it was just absolutely class. Loved it, absolutely loved it. And like you say, Kyle, um, it, it is beneficial that both Joe Linton and Willock can interchange during a game. I'm much more leaning towards we need Joe Linton in midfield. We just lose too much when he's not there. When he's, when he's further up the pitch, like maybe he was most of the first half yesterday, would just we're losing too much from behind, and I would play Willock there. I mean, ASM has to come back in. Um, bit of a surprise not to see him yesterday. Maybe a sign of the times. He now has a full five six weeks to get properly match fit. But yeah, just unbelievable. Um, while we're here, Kyle, you want to talk about Keon Trippier, who was once again one of the highest rated players in the Premier League yesterday, according to who scored. I think it's a it, it might be a controversial statement, but I think Kieran Trippier is probably one of the most important signings in Newcastle's history he's just been phenomenal like he, he's came in and he set the standard for this club like whenever he plays as a calmness say like, I remember him being injured at the back end of last season and there was like a little bit of a little bit of panic defensively but when he plays it's just 
there's just a there's just a calmness. He, he leads by example through his performances. He's always telling players what they need to be doing. Like he's just the perfect right back. And I don't even know why there's a debate for for right back for England because at the end of the like Kieran Trippier is so well rounded and he's doing his due diligence at the top of the field as well, creating chances and and stuff like that as well. It, for me, Kieran Trippier is is a shoe in definitely to start every game for England at the World Cup. Um, but he, he's just been phenomenal for Newcastle. Ever since he signed in January, it just, everything changed when he signed. And yeah, I think he's played, what, five or six man of the match performances this season. Mm. And like, it, it's not even Christmas. Like, I've never known a player to play with such consistency at such a high level. Like, I knew we were signing a good player in Kieran Trippier, but... And realise that good and what we paid what twelve million for him. Mm. People can call Newcastle the money club, but twelve million for Kieran Trippier when he's playing like that is nothing short of unbelievable business by Newcastle. And for someone who's cap- who's captain in the side on the field and his performances, it's just it's just for twelve million pound, what we've managed to get for that is is staggering. It's astonishing to me. Sorry, sorry, were you gonna no, no, no. Sorry, just being overly polite. Um, <laughs> but like skill aside, because he's clearly an unbelievably skilled footballer, and we've got years left of it. Like you'd never expect it. I think he's thirty-two, thirty-one, thirty-two. You'd never expect to say of a thirty-two-year-old, um, like, uh, wow, we've got two or three more great years out of this player. Um, it's the leadership for me. Like it's this this incredible like spirit that I feel like is an Eddie Howe thing. And it's and it's a now it's a Newcastle thing, but he's just like he's perfect for it. He's the perfect conduit. If the te- the team rallies around him, the, you see how they talk to each other on social media, how they how they react to each other's sort of um, you know shortcomings. Maybe like like at the Palace game, he he just embodies that total leadership. It's really it's not to sound like I've got like tears in my eyes, but it's really inspiring. I I, I find him really inspiring. I would, I would go one further and just say that entire back four and yeah. Nick Pope all have those qualities. And they were just, like Chelsea just did not have a clue what to do about that defence. We're so organised, we're so clever, we're so smart. They're all such good individual footballers, but they they understand where to be. Positionally, they're all absolutely immaculate. I mean, Chelsea's only chance, and it was a good chance, and Nick Pope's had to make one very good save. But it came from us dicking around at the back and Bruno getting dispossessed. It wasn't because Chelsea had no answer to that back four. And yeah, Trippier is the epitome of it in terms of his leadership and being the captain, but they're all great. Like Dan Burn is, is such a such a wise head all the all the all the way up there in the clouds and the um Botman hobbling off and then Burn going into centre back and target coming on. You are not at all worried about that disrupting the flow of it. Like we saw at the game at at a canter really. But yeah, uh, th- that back four and, and Pope just look so comfortable in everything they do. And it's the calmness and, and I referenced the digging about at the back there, but actually we dicked about a lot in the game and Chelsea couldn't get the ball off it. Like we were passing the ball around in our own box under a lot of pressure, but keeping it. And again, that's just stuff that we would never have done in years gone by. We would have been hoofing it out, giving them a throw in like deep in our half. And we just, we, we avoid that at all costs. And we, and we try and play it out because those four players and the keeper trust each other so much with a three yard pass with this, with Jorginho or Kovacic up your ass. And they're still passing that ball rather than t- doing something stupid and kicking it away. So yeah, just that, that defense is, is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just mental, isn't it? Yeah. The way that trip here in Botman in particular are able to switch play mm. effort, you know, effortlessly, that is something that 
20 years ago, only the best midfielders in the world were capable of doing. Now we've got two players, and Shaw's not bad at it, but, and Burns good in the ball, but those two in particular, yeah. able to get the play from left to right. It, 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 Chelsea doesn't have an answer to that. And that's actually where the goal comes from, I think. I think we'll open up the pitch um, with one of those crossfield balls. All of a sudden, Joe Layton has the ball in a load of space, and like I said, he uses the ball really quickly and smartly and will score. And it was just it was just really nice. And I, I really like your point, side that Chelsea just... I don't know. I don't know what they're... Apart from trying to get a nil-nil draw, maybe they were trying to keep it tight and then use the bench, but that obviously went out the window when we scored and, and they, pushed, they pushed forward a lot. But like you say... Defensively, they just well, just once again. If you watch shortened highlights on YouTube or on Sky Sports Football app or wherever you get your shortened two minute, three minute highlights from, there isn't there's that one Chelsea chance. But we're watching games. And it's like Newcastle United five chances, yeah. the opposition zero or one. It's like it's it's a kind of dominance that I'm very comfortable with it, but I'm still a bit unsure because it's just like. But that, that is how? exactly how the game played out. Like, Chelsea first half had 11 men, but every time we got the ball back, which was a lot, we had a lot of the ball, they had 11 men behind it. And it wasn't just, I think they were expecting, they'd probably come up against other teams, um, I don't know, like like Bournemouth, Brentford, and do that, and expect them to make a mistake and give the ball away. We just didn't do that. We don't make mistakes. Our passing so accurate right now that a team that lets us have the ball is making a mistake by letting us have the ball because we will find ways to pass it around and pass it through and... If we lose the ball, we're losing it in their half, and then we're so fit and strong, we get back in position. So whatever that tactic was of getting everyone behind the ball and kind of just waiting for us to fuck up, it was just it was embarrassing for them because it didn't work at all. It was just waiting for us to score. Chelsea yesterday reminded me of us, even under someone like Rafa Benitez, when we'd go to a very good team and kind of be satisfied with ourselves because we're in the game for a long time mm. and then look back at the game and think, oh, that was shit, wasn't it? Because... Yeah. Rafa Benitez and Newcastle had much scarcer resources to use than Creighton Potter does at Chelsea. But yeah, it was just, it's just nice to be on the other end for a change. It's nice to just be on, like, you know, we did an opposite, you did an opposition view. I uh, guested on a Chelsea podcast to listen to those um, people just being like, no, you're going to win. We <laughs> are not going to win. And it's like, sorry, what? Like, you don't even think you, no. No, not Newcastle right now. No, I'm scared of going. I wish we, I wish they could call the season now. I'm like, that is music to my ears, but also astonishing. You can probably hear the smile on my face. It's just, <laughs> it's just amazing. Let's move on to a player you wanted to talk about, Charlotte. You um, very keen to talk about Chris Woods. So take it away. Yes, I am. I tweeted. So, so uh, I'll track back to like when the team sheet came out and you saw that Wilson was on the bench and Wood was starting and, you know, your immediate thought is, oh, no. It like, was mine. Yeah. Like, it's not that it's not that I, I particularly dislike Chris Wood. It's just that until yesterday, I think this is your start, Alex, which I'm going to steal from you. Until yesterday, we, do, we don't win games without Wilson in the side, right? We hadn't won a game without Wilson in the side. And even if you don't know that stat explicitly, you know that feeling Wilson makes our side much better he is just an excellent uh, striker it's why he's been called up for England it's you know it, it's it's why we score goals when he's on the side so I was a little bit like oh no he's I don't know if he's still they're saying he's still got this cold I don't know if he's trying to protect himself for uh, Qatar because that's a massive thing for him in his career um but, and, I, and I tweeted, and, I, and probably unfair, someone was saying it in the pub that, that Chris Wood turns like the swing bridge, but I, <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. Um, and then yesterday, 
and I'd be really interested in you, your opinion, everybody else, but I thought he was really good. Okay, he doesn't create chances, but like for Chris Wood, it was just a much better performance. He charged at Mendy like a lot of times. He was a much more physical presence on the pitch. And Alex, we were talking about this in the car on the way here, and Alex said, I noticed him. Like, that's a massive improvement for Chris Wood because normally you don't really notice that he's on the pitch. No balls get to him. It's almost like our players don't believe that he's going to score a goal, so they don't bother. But he was he was just like, he was, a mu- he, was a much more, he was much more present on the pitch yesterday. And I don't mean that in a patronising way or like the bar is really low. I thought it was good. And I also thought, and I will stop speaking in a second, that um, he's being trained to be meaner. Like, he looked meaner. He's clearly, like, a nice New Zealand man who just is, like, <laughs> lovely. Um, and you could see that he was more... He was much m- more um, reserved in his pl- in his game when he first joined us. But yesterday, he looked a bit meaner. And I'm sure that's Eddie Howe and his coaching staff. Yeah, I actually agree. I thought he was very effective yesterday in, in not being Chris Wood because, because <laughs> Cr- Chris Wood, he's a traditional 4-4-2, cross it in, Head it, get a goal. That that's how he made his career. That's how he was scoring ten plus goals a season for Burnley. Um, that's how what he was like at Leeds as well. Um, he does not suit Eddie Howe's high intensity pressing zero crosses in the box football. Like we didn't cross <laughs> him once for him. Um, even with Trippier playing, because I think you mentioned uh, before the match, Dodzy, that um, it'd be interesting to see how that links. But there was no there was no link between Trippier. Yeah, I think and, I and think Chris that Wood. was Chelsea's back five. Yeah, in probably the defensive. Probably. You're, you're right, but it's I, I think that Chelsea just was so. Negative. Yeah. So, so crediting Chris Wood, he has to do a totally different job in this team that he's probably not that comfortable with. He's probably not that confident in, but he does it. He does what he's told. And interestingly about that is that even though we were the better team yesterday, we didn't have loads of chances. And I think back to players like Alexander Mitrovic, who when told to lead the line and stay where he is, and, and it's very important that he keeps that position and keeps their defenders occupied, he would do silly things like come into his own half looking for the ball. Chris Wood doesn't do that. He holds his position, he presses, he does his job, and all of that is is probably going a little bit undercredited for, for a lad who's, who's having to come in when, when Wilson and Isaac are both unavailable. So it's it's a testament to Eddie Howe that he can get that kind of commitment and input from Chris Wood, who knows that nobody really wants him here anymore. He probably feels like that a little bit, but he's, he's gone from being a £25 million signing in January to third choice that, that we re- like before the game, people are groaning because they see his <laughs> name on the team sheet in, the, in less than a year. And yet he still gives us everything. It, it, I think he deserves a bit of credit for that. I totally agree. I felt bad for like I, I'm 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 glad it, I'm glad his performance was good, but I felt bad for the tweet, even though it's just a bit of a joke. Like I'm like he's clearly really nice, and I just <laughs> I don't want to be mean to him. And and you're right, like he is giving it all. He could be he could throw a hissy fit. He could do a Dubravko and demand a like you know d- d- just say I'm sitting on the bench. I'd rather sit on the bench in another club or like you know he, he could, but he doesn't. And I think I think again that like ties back to this whole team mentality doesn't it it's like we've all got buy-in it doesn't matter what the crowd thinks um they'll get behind you like you just have to trust that everybody here is bought into the project and he is and i and i really like that and i really respect it pure coaching isn't it yeah Yeah, that, that is what we saw yesterday is just session after session after session with eddie howe jason tyndall and the rest of the coaching staff and it it's again another very promising sign that Chris Wood could come in yesterday and contribute positively to the side, like you say, side without Newcastle necessarily playing to, to his strengths. And 
that the goals will come. If he plays like that, if he can be such a presence and if he can press and run and sprint like he was yesterday against lesser sides, mm. when he plays, goals will come from where it hasn't looked like that previously from. He just hasn't looked like being a goal threat. I think he will be because one of the joyous thing, most joyous things, I think, about yesterday and the way Newcastle play are those moments when teams, they know they've got Newcastle, so what, what is Graham Potter working on with Chelsea? We're going to play through their press. Sounds good. Sounds nice. <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> when, they, when they pass, you know, there's probably nothing more humiliating for a footballer passing the ball out of play because he's got nowhere else to go. Yeah. First half in particular, and also kind of it's kind of the start of each half when we're most potent at it. Chelsea just couldn't. They couldn't do it. It was hard. You know, you're always going to get one or two where you get through it. Newcastle still managed to deal with that. But Chris Wood was a really part of big part of Chelsea not being able to get through our press, and you know, fair play to him. You know, I've been critical of him. He, he, he played his part yesterday. Yeah. And come back in one piece, Callum. We beg of you. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. But Isaac will be fit. Isaac will be fit, true. Isaac will be yeah. fit by then. And that's like, you know, that, that'll that be interesting too because he's not a Callum Wilson like for like. So that will that'll change our game. So maybe that'll be... I'm looking for positives. Wilson will come back fit. It's fine. Yeah. As I say, it's, he's not injured yet. <laughs> Eddie Howe has Newcastle United in third place. Let's just kind of spend this these last moments on this pod talking about just what an absolutely remarkable job the man has done, the football club, the owners, the players, the staff, the fans. It, it is it is truly extraordinary what's happened. I don't know who wants to take it away. Kyle, I haven't heard from you a little while, mate. Just, just tell me how, how you feel when you hear the name Eddie Howe. I, I just, like... I, I, it's just amazing how well of a job he's done. Like I says at the top of the podcast, like we hadn't won a game this time last year. It's like people will use the oh you've got the Saudi money card, but you look at the players that were there before Eddie Howe took over and how he's got such good out of a lot of them. Like Miggy Almiron, if you'd have said at the start of the season he'd score eight goals for the season, then you'd be saying you know what that's a good season for Miggy's improving on his game and stuff like that. Fabian Shea, he's been a, an amazing part of the team. Um, starting most games since how took over. Looks a man regalvanised by like by Eddie Howe. He was on, on his way out uh, under Bruce. Bruce didn't know on how to On a free? On a free as well. Like it's <laughs> it's absolutely mental. Like Joe Linton, like, missed out on the Brazilian squad just. If you'd have said that this time last year, you would have been like, Joe Linton, Brazilian squad, no. But, like, just what he's managed to, even even the likes of Sean Longstaff and, and, and people like that, like, every player that was a part of the Steve Bruce team that is a part of the Eddie Howe team now have all massively upped their game. And it's like, that's down to him and the, it's down to Howe and it's down to the coaching team that that's managed to happen. He's managed to unite a, a farm base that was divided before the takeover and before, like under Steve Bruce. He's managed to unite a dressing room that's totally behind him. Like you look at the last couple of minutes of that game yesterday, the referee tried to add on seven hundred minutes of added time, <laughs> like, like like the ten against when we play a big six side, um, and they just fought for every ball, every second of uh, every second added time. It was very reminiscent of the. The the f- the famous clip that always goes round from Leicester away of the of the players constantly trying to get get the tackle in and it 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 was very like that because they just wanted the three points so bad and it's just like to unite a 
a city, a team, and a club that well is in such a short space of time. Like Graham Potter, Chelsea's shown how hard that is to actually like go into a club and and try and like implement your your philosophy on a team so quickly. But Eddie Howe's managed managed to do that, and like I think Newcastle fans would have been happy with top ten, top eight last uh, late this season. Um, some but, Newcastle fans. Uh, so, <laughs> but like. We're, we're third in the table and like we're, we're talking about Champions League we're talking about being in a title race like when Newcastle were going to win the league was is, is a chant now it's a thing like I thought that was just exclusive to the championship but Eddie Howe's made like made Wall hope again and it's just like what a phenomenal manager like people I remember I remember the clips going around when we were about to appointment people laughing oh, do you not want a bigger name than Eddie Howe Per- perfect appointment. Couldn't have got a better appointment if we tried. Unbelievable manager. It was yeah. It was you know even he was like oh they want Emery like it won't be me. He's I think he said that like oh th- that dream's over. I'm so glad Unai Emery got cold feet like <laughs> and now he's a villa. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm so happy. Eddie Howe's just class, isn't he? The last game I went to before Eddie Howe was manager was was Chelsea at home, where bloody Graham Jones, Jones was uh, manager. <laughs> he's still part of the coaching staff, and I'm sure he's doing a very good job now yeah. that he's got a proper manager helping him. Um, but <laughs> the, the difference of that five at the back, not leaving our own half, waiting for Chelsea to score, and then just letting them score two more times, and then coming off the pitch, patting the players on the back, saying, well done. Yeah. Like, just game plan the, works. That's what he said after that game. He was like, well, game plan was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we lost. <laughs> Just that, that, that for me, the, the monumental shift to where we are now. Um, I mean, it's just, it, it has been gradual. You know, we, we took some hammerings under Eddie Howe early doors. I mean, I think back to December last year, we, we, we got beat 4-0 at Man City. And whilst that probably flattered them a bit, there was a lot of work to be done at that point. And the fact that you could say that we've, you can see the improvement that's taken place over the air absolutely epitomised last night with a, with a win over Chelsea that we absolutely deserved off the back of beating Spurs that we absolutely deserve, off the back of smashing Villa, smashing Southampton, sm- you know, all of that has been coming for a long time. You know, we were grinding out wins towards the end of last season because that's what was necessary. Now we're just beating people at football and it's all down to that man and and what he's done with the existing players. He's obviously had a hand in the transfer policy. Everyone who's come in is the right character, the right kind of player. Um, I don't think we've bought ourselves to third. We've we've managed ourselves to third and it's, it's Eddie Howe. Yeah. Newcastle still won't have a top seven wage budget. The the squad is probably I think it's the seventh or eighth seventh. Um, highest in the league. You know, so we are overperforming. And I think the point I'd like to make is the there's we still don't know what the ceiling of this team is yet because every single challenge that's been put in front of them they've absolutely smashed out of the way. Now at the start of the season, Kyle, I'm pleased you brought it up because. You know, we did a, a live show. We obviously did lots of podcasts like this, but we did a live show at the stand, and there was over two hundred people there. And myself and Charlotte and some of the the northeast's football journalists, we sat there and we talked about expectations for the season. And I was pretty, you know, confident. I thought I thought we'd be in the conversation for a Champions League place. Didn't think we'd necessarily get it because there's so much you have to rely on injuries and form and that kind of stuff. But I thought we'd be in the conversation, and I don't think there were that many people shared that opinion. Maybe there was some. I was wrong. Do you know what I mean? I thought we'd be in the conversation. We're going to finish. In my opinion, we are better than all of the teams below us in this league by some distance at the minute. They might get better. We might drop off. Who knows? But I don't think so. One of the most promising things about the whole thing, it's not just the fact we're going to spend 
in January. It's not just the fact we're third in the league and we've had some pretty rotten injury and VAR look this season. It's also the fact, like Charlotte correctly said earlier, that our weaknesses, and weaknesses being Jacob Murphy, Chris Wood, Sean Longstaff at the start of the season, people looking at the new contract, they're all strengths. That, that's, the, that's a remarkable thing for how to do. It's not just buy the right players and characters. It's not just knit them into a cohesive, excellent football team. It's the players who people thought would let us down are, are the opposite. The fact that Jacob Murphy comes on yesterday ahead of Alan St. Maximin, the fact that um, Sean Longstaff's one of the first names in the team sheet, the fact that Chris Wood can come in and, and be a different footballer to this time last year, that makes me think, can we... Can we win this league? And I, and I know people we've mentioned this on podcasts previously. People, there's this kind of like Newcastle fan thing clicks into gear, and people are like, "Don't be daft." Um, <laughs> Newcastle's form is currently title winning form. Man City are fragile. They won a game in the 95th minute last week. They got beat at home yesterday. We ain't losing at home to Brentford. I'm telling you, we are not losing at home to a team like Brentford at the minute with well, the we'll, form. We beat them five one. That's five one four weeks ago. Um, we're a little way behind them, and and you know Arsenal look very good as well. But I but I'll say it again: I'm more confident would finish top than would finish seventh, and that 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 is as much to do with how getting a tune out of the lesser likes in the squad and continuing to improve those footballers, not just concentrating on the class lads, mm. than, than it is money or anything like that. Hundred percent, I, I agree with that. I think um, this this World Cup break. Just changes the kind of if if we kept playing up to Christmas, I think I think we'd be top of the league at Christmas. If we just had the normal run of fixtures into December, we'd be top because nothing is stopping this train at the moment. It's all a bit unknown what comes after the World Cup. Where we'll be, or will we have dropped off? Because what one thing that has taken a little bit of time, um, you could argue that it took us till the middle of September to really get this full Eddie Howe pressing game going. Because match fitness is one thing; like it's really difficult to maintain match fitness when you're not playing competitive football because it is different. So. I think the drop-off in competitive football for some of the lads will be a challenge. And as you've said already, we overcome challenges. Eddie Howe answers questions, so there's no reason that can't continue, but it's it's a bit more of an unknown. I'd be far more confident of a, of a title challenge if there wasn't this stupid fucking World Cup. We've got... I mean, that's, that's why that friendly's been plonked in there as well, isn't it? We haven't said that weird in ages. Plonked. It's plonked. <laughs> Love it. Did, I don't know, I didn't like it. Um... But we've also now got another cup fixture, so that, yeah. that that kind of warms people up, I think, as well, going into the the Leicester uh, fixture on Boxing Day. So I feel a bit more confident having that put into our um, mm. roster than I don't know what's going on with my words today. <laughs> Pl- plunked into the roster. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop speaking. <laughs> No, you don't, because I'm going to come to you again, Charlotte, because oh, one, of, one of the things I think you really like about this side is they're a bunch of... Hard nasty, bastards. Nasty, hard, skillful, fast bastards, <laughs> as Mick Martin would say. Yes, I do. I do. And that's kind of what I was talking about with Chris Wood. He's getting meaner. It doesn't mean that he's like he, he goes to Greg's and he's like rude to the staff. He's just, he's like, I mean that he's like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's happened. My coffee's kicked in. Um, I just mean that he's, um, you know, h- harder on the pitch. He look. He looks more frightening. Chelsea were frightened yesterday, and they were frightened of the whole squad. And no one more than Kai Havertz, who uh, who's picked a little fight with Dan Bin. Well, it's a it's a legacy fight, isn't it? Because he uh, tried to decapitate Dan Bin last season um, with his elbow. And um, it doesn't look like Dan Byrne's forgotten, even though he had a head injury. He, he has remembered. He's re- retained that memory. 
Um, and uh, and yeah, right at the end, they obviously Chelsea just totally lost their heads. Like just we were winning. We were in the I think as Kyle said, the hundred something about the hundred twenty six minute of the game. Um, they just couldn't cope and they just yeah they just had this scrap but what I love very much was like Dan being in Havertz having this scrap Murphy comes shooting over um they're all just Joe Linton is like Joe Linton's like barging one of the Chelsea like coaches um it's it's just amazing and that and 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 that even though even though it's not like uh, that's not the football and I don't want to like uh to glorify like fighting or anything like that but that's the mentality it's like it it's it's a whole team like hard like like a bit nasty this is a difficult place to come and it's not just a difficult place to come because Newcastle are class and the fans are class because we're also we're also like not afraid of a fight well that's the thing isn't it and that's the one of the main comparisons between this side and maybe the the fixture last year side against the same opposition or even the fixture the year before that during lockdown Mm. Um, when Lampard's Chelsea came in both both games, Chelsea just didn't have to run, didn't have to try. Newcastle were completely compliant, roll over and die. Now, if you want to come and take points in James Park, you're probably going to have to bleed for it. Like yeah. you're probably going to have to break something for it. Like someone's going to have to take one from like Bruno's tackle yesterday. Wow, well, you know, right at the end of the game when yeah. he kind of leaps off the floor to try and kick them and stop them. It's just we are a nasty, horrible horrible team teams much must absolutely hate playing against us and kyle mentioned it earlier but i just like the idea that lascelles is sitting there on the in the dugout he's, <laughs> no, he's not coming on the pitch he's like jason what what can i do and he's like let's go and go and give cucarella a bit of grief down the touchline he's taking the throne <laughs> just go and get an easier and he's like go and, get, go, go and get a yellow card for the team and lascelles is like i go on and then he just yeah just even little things like that like the lads are warming up and griefing chelsea players from the we, sidelines we couldn't make another sub could we yeah so they weren't really warming up it was yeah a, just, it was just false just, yeah just there to be dicks, which is class. I love it. Brilliant. We'll we'll end it there. This has been the True Faith Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We're going to keep going, of course, with the free podcast throughout the World Cup, continuing to bring you Newcastle United content. We'll also keep going on our Patreon platform so you don't have to lose your Newcastle United fix. Come and join us. Uh, three tiers, three, five and eight pounds a month on there and you keep this podcast free and you also get it without ads. Thanks so much to you three. Thanks to everyone for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.